Hi Slip Angle listeners, this is Rob from Fields Auto Works and Fields Engineering. We're really excited to be supporting great content on Slip Angle, and we hope you'll find your way over to our social media pages to see some of the exciting work that we're doing. Fields Auto Works has Cardinal Coupes being delivered and Scioto Coupes in build for testing this summer, with more exciting models on the near horizon. If you're ready for supercar performance for under $70,000 or professional prototype speed for under $150,000, stop by FieldsAutoWorks.com to see what we offer. At Fields Engineering, we have openings for major builds, arrive and drive customers, and medium to large engineering projects. We have capabilities ranging from whole composite body scratch builds to 3D scanning and printing to trackside support. We're also thrilled to be supporting regular guy racing with Colton Wade driving in GLTC and the exciting new Future Frontrunners initiative to promote women in club racing. As a Fields customer, you get the combined experience of IndyCar builders, IMSA veterans, aerospace engineers, and lifetime racers working on your next big endeavor. If that sounds like a team you're interested in working with every day, you can also contact us about our open shop positions. Find Fields Auto Works on social media and at fieldsautoworks.com, and find Fields Engineering on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Alpine, ten days until we start firing that shit up. I can't believe, like, we we got an extra week this time, which was awesome. It was not still, enough, though. It's not enough. No, it's not enough. Um, Lime Rock was great. We talked about that last show. Um, after dinner tonight, Charlie called me and he's like, "Hey, let me. Uh, you got a second? And I'm like, "Okay." And he's like, he merges me in a call with Trisha. And then randomly, like, we talk for an hour about all kinds of dumb details. And because those dudes slay it every event. Uh, and then I get off the phone, and within four seconds, Chris calls me. Oh, no. And then, I, and then I get off the phone with him 40 minutes later, and then within 10 seconds, you call me. <laughs> busy, yeah. busy boy. It's been, and then, and I mean, then there was like 30 or 40 minutes before I took a shower of like just random questions and people like all stirring up about, alpine and and now we've been doing podcasts for an hour i don't know we just did a patreon podcast talking about rules which was fun probably re- probably released right now but yeah i can't uh i can't do an export while we're recording that would be a good use of time but i'll just have to what does that mean so I'm using the board to record the show we're recording now oh so you can't take the the show off and like start uploading it yeah i can't do that um, I did have a thought about, um, I think maybe we should release the sister, sister show on the regular show, uh, because people haven't heard it and it's so good. <laughs> uh, okay. But yeah. maybe it's also too weird. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm down for that. I, I think it could be fun. Obviously, we can't promise a ton with our Patreon. We we try. We give you T-shirts and all that jazz. But um, on, during on the our, year, it's just hard. On yeah. our Patreon, I have mailed everyone who has requested a T-shirt. I have mailed them a T-shirt. So uh, where do people where do people contact you if they want to request one? Uh, 
uh, well, they should sign up for the Patreon and then they should I mean, yeah, direct yeah. message me. Yeah, I don't know anything about Patreon. I don't know anything about anything we do. So keep it simple. Um, yeah, I, I have people for that. I've enabled that. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so that was a fun show. We talked about rules. We uh, we BS for a while, but mainly, I think we actually, I think we actually got some stuff done too. So. Um, I think you and I, we came together we on ways we that got we were kind of apart, and I we think now we yeah. are. Uh, like completely in agreement, especially now on uh, when we want to do it. Yeah, I think we got a lot closer. So that was fun. Uh, and and I, basically that show is sort of what we do two or three times every year before rules come out anyway. So we go line by line. We talk about the stuff that annoyed us. We look through our notes from the year, stuff like that. So <clears throat> anyway, we're about, what are we... I'm leaving for Alpine in seven days. No way. What are you going to do there so early? I'm leaving Tuesday to be there Wednesday. Well, the event doesn't start until Thursday. Yeah. I got stuff to do. Wait, the event starts on Friday. It starts on Thursday at noon when I I have to park people for 12, 13 hours. Don't you have a guy for that? No, I did it for 13 hours last year. Me, John, and Cone, three separate golf carts, did it for 13 hours. There's got to be a better way. It's No, there's no better way. It's probably a scooter. People ha- Scooter's the better way. People have to individually. I still haven't built your scooter that you just bought, by the way. You should. It's in my, it's in my garage sitting in my car. You should so. assemble it. I'm going to try to assemble it or else I'll forget about it. You will 100% <laughs> forget about it. No, I won't. I'm because I want you to assemble it and I want you to charge it. That's two big so asks Abe, prior to Alpine. Yeah, Abe, Abe bought a scooter, like an electric scooter, and he shipped it to my house so I could bring it to Alpine for him. <laughs> um, the, yeah, the parking at Alpine needs to be, like, it, it. you have to individually park everybody or else they totally screw it up. It's like Gingerman on steroids as far as the, like, <laughs> the urgency of perfection that's needed. It's really hard. Um. And then we go to bed at like 1 a.m. or we stop doing it at 1 a.m. And then people just keep coming in all night. And you wake up in the morning and there's like people just parking the roads. I'm like on the racetrack. It's terrible. So I'm a little stressed because we I think we have a few more drifters. We have a few more GLTC drivers. And we have the same of everybody else. And they all probably bought a bigger trailer, which is going to suck. But Yeah. Uh, Dirtbag F1 continues to get bigger. Dirtbag F1, dude. We're going to have... 300 drivers inside that oval so if, there will uh, i i guarantee there will be somebody that is racing on the racetrack that has a spot that parks outside and has to make their way in i guarantee it so i i was thinking uh maybe there's someone who makes stickers that listens to our show who in the grid life font could uh replace the uh the word grid life with hashtag dirtbag f1 probably could I because mean, i would i think I, would I think really Ben like Mitch, sticker. our sticker guy, actually listens to our show. So. This this could be a thing. I uh, I know really he has. Perhaps if he does, he's got a kid now. I don't know, a kid and a Tesla, and he, we haven't seen him in six months. But yeah. dirtbag F one uh, is a thing. It uh, it's becoming more and more of a thing every every event. It seems like we were just at Lime Rock, which is like one of the most prestigious historic tracks in the you know, like on the continent, and we took the place over properly, right? Yeah. Uh, it like it felt busy. Charlie was like, feels just like IMSA. Like it was the IMSA weekend. Like there's that many people there almost. 
and maybe not quite, but almost like for our first event, I felt pretty good about it. Um, and it felt like dirtbag Imstep for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's the yeah. same thing. It definitely felt like dirtbag something, but, uh, that place was, uh, dude, I'm still reminiscing about how fun that place was. What a great, dude, what a great track to, to drive. If you haven't driven it ever and you ever have the opportunity, you should do it. Like yeah, I anybody with... listening, anybody listening should do it. It's yeah, that should... fun. Even if it's not with us, you should go to track day at Lime Rock. Dude, it doesn't matter who you drive it with. Just go drive that track. It's so good. It's so good. And tell Dickie and all the rest of those people who work there, I say hello. Yeah, tell them that Slip Angle and Grid Life sent you. But, Dude, it was... I never expected... Because I've been around it in, like, streetcars with the management and stuff like that. I've been around it at pace with Michael Hertz in in his, like daily driver Volvo that was really fast uh, and I never expected to love it so much and I drove it in just like a like a b-side GLTC car like that's not totally sorted but man the suspension's good on it um, and I just loved it dude I loved it I loved the racetrack it's it's incredible like it's just a it's an incredible place I just loved it I want to do it again I can't wait to go back I'm definitely taking my car next year. So it's going to be great. Yeah. I don't even know what I, I, I might just do HPD. I don't even care. Like it was just that good. I just want to drive it again. So I learned a, that Rob Wilkinson, one of our photographers and friends of the show, yeah. uh, basically grew up there. Like his dad was a formula Atlantic racer, something like that. Does that yeah. His right? dad ran all kinds of stuff. Um, and like at, that was his home he, track. That's where he spent time. At uh, like when he was eight years old, supposedly he was standing trackside when like a car went over the bump and like flipped over, like a, a prototype, but like in 1988 or whatever. But um, <clears throat> when we were at Midwest Festival the Wednesday before, I think there was a test day, uh, and it was like a rich dude test day, and there was a bunch of IMSA cars, uh, and then the what were they? Like Lola's? I don't even remember. But cars that had won the 24 hours of Daytona outright, right? Uh, and, like, he knew these people, like, because he had grown up with these people that, like, owned this car, ran this car. His dad, like, knew the drivers back in the day. Like, uh, Wilkinson's, like, pretty connected to that world, which is pretty cool. So, uh, pretty well. But his, his wife and daughter don't often um, come to the track. And this was like a family weekend for them because their their parents and stuff are in the area. And so mm-hmm. it was like a, it was a really nice moment for him. I was kind of disappointed that Sloan and Ashley went there because uh, we're looking forward to a time where Sloan can meet Loyola and everybody can be friends. I've still never met his wife, actually. Me either. Yeah. But, but his kid is more adorable than our kids. It's ridiculous. Like, that's a cute little girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But maybe it's just the photogenic nature of, uh, or the photogenic uh, uh, or ph- photographer uh, dad, and she's quite photogenic. So maybe it just captures her at her cutest. Maybe she's a total asshole. I have no idea. Well, so. um, it could be. Uh, but I, I yeah. do think that would be a cool element of being a photographer is that you will always yeah. have fantastic pictures of your family. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. 
But alas, all we have is like Samsung Galaxies and iPhones. So. Yeah, basically. Um, um, we uh, so we're going to Alpine in a week. Uh, are you flying in? What are you doing? I don't even I know am your plans. Flying into um, Denver, and because, why are you flying in Denver? That's the dumb place. Because it it takes much longer to fly into Colorado Springs, and we have to go to Denver. Like my flight that I have a direct flight option from Louisville to Denver. Mm -hmm. So like to get to um, Colorado Springs actually takes more travel time because of layovers and whatever else. No. Yeah. I've noticed that with a bunch of them, it's like three and a half extra hours to get to Colorado Springs. Yeah. I don't want to do that. So to and from Denver and um, because uh, grid life has all the events this year, I have to be really uh, stingy with my vacation time uh, so that I have enough to do all the events. And so, yeah, it's like uh, I travel out on Thursday night and I travel back on Sunday late afternoon so that mm-hmm. I only take one vacation day. Well, must be fancy. Well, that's, that's like fancy. the only option I've got. I have almost no vacation time left for the year. It means you don't have to build pallets with us and unbuild pallets. Man, with us I tried and... to build pallets with people at Lime Rock, and I did some work, and then eventually people were like, "Meh, I'm just doing mm-hmm. this." Now we got it. And then you went and got pizza. I did. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Did I tell you? Did I tell the story about pizza on the last Lime Rock? Yeah, I show? think you, I think you did. Yeah, probably did. Yeah. I'm, yeah you and, you and Justin sought out pizza life. and they couldn't find it. Pizza is a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. Pizza's del- dude, I want to make a pizza right now. Like, I would love to make a pizza if I wasn't a reforming fat kid. But yeah. I- I'm going to try and keep eating pizza, but just eat less of it. Yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been trying. I'm uh, For the year, I'm down one belt size, and that's not enough. I wanted to be down three, but um, I feel great. <laughs> I mean... I guess I guess you can only ask for so much, but I have energy for days and I feel great and all I do is work. But uh, I do want to be a little slimmer, but I like pizza and tacos and booze. <laughs> yeah, this is these are my um, my main food groups. Yeah, those are great food groups. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. um, um, I just got a, a text back from Sean Krebs back the new. 2022 king of the mountain he said he's free on wednesday or thursday free on wednesday and thursday where he's we're too recor- famous to be talking to us at 11 o'clock at we're night. recording right now krebs back nobody even knows how to say your name except for us james Krebsbach. i did hear that did you hear that i did yeah called him james krebs back so uh, yeah. I think, though, despite the misgivings of some what it, uh, real-time wait, commentary. What it, so what is King of the Mountain, if you're going to talk about that? King of the it? Mountain is a newish event that is Four years a, old? Yeah, it's, they've just done their fourth year, and it is a very loose rule set autocross, 200 treadwear tires. Uh, the cars have to weigh 2,900 pounds, and... Um, you compete uh, in a like kind of a bracket type shootout for fifteen thousand dollars, I think. Um, yeah, I think fifteen. The the P two gets five, P three gets one, and then P four gets five hundred or something like that. But yeah. it is a um, single Pretty elimination wild. tournament. Uh, 
And so you're, yeah. you're like autocrossing your way through your class. And then you kind of match up at the end with these, these cars of different classes. But if you make one mistake and like knock over a cone, you're pretty much out for the weekend. It is a Unless, super yeah. stressful, like high stakes event. Unless the, the person you're going directly against also does it even worse. You're out. So, um, and the talent field is like super wild. Like it's, uh, like half of the people there had solo national championships, like one to 14 of them. Um, and like it was, it, it's the, the, the biggest thing to me is that, uh, grid life regulars keep winning. And so far they have, uh, like I want them to keep winning just so I can be like, man, look at how cool my friends are. But, um, but that also speaks to like the talent pool. You look at the talent pool, like it's nuts. And and our buddies keep winning, which is really nuts. At the moment, but they're four also, for four, yeah. Yeah, also, also it's like, man, it's re also really hard to win at Grid Life, so shit, nobody's going to want to come to Grid Life. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, there's a fine balance of like accessibility or can I beat that person? Uh, and uh, I think both King of the Mountain and Grid Life are approaching the, man, I can't win at that. <laughs> Which is good and bad. So, right. I don't know. I don't know where to. I don't know where to lie in the in the in the spectrum of feelings about how fast our friends are. So. They're really really fast, um, dude. The king of the mountain drivers, like that is, like, it's like eighty incredible drivers. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like, and they've all won their respective events in their fields, and their cars are dialed and. Uh, and like it's a one minute course roughly, um, or a little bit less. And most of them are within like two seconds on this one minute course. So they're all so close. It's, it's stupid. Um, it's really, it's a cool event to watch. And they really did. I think they really did a pretty good job live streaming every year. They improve like kind of leaps and bounds. I was pretty impressed. So it is, it is a properly cool event. If, um, yep. even if you're not like super into autocross, the competition is good. Yeah. Um, it it's like they, at the end of it, what did they change this year? They did like a this year. I think it was a best new, of three, and they, they just kept did like a rounding. Best of three like, run. So like um, something that happened in years past that I didn't really uh, think was ideal was there are different classes for like different eras of cars, and for a while in the tournament they would they would like match up head to head where, you know, yep. this car and this car are battling each other right now. And whoever does the faster time of the two gets to move on. And the problem was the modern era cars were always faster than the retro cars. And so yep. what that meant was the semifinal was basically the final because it was retro versus modern. So there was um, like a retro car that would make it to the finals only because it wasn't competing against the fast group of cars mm -hmm. and then they would lose. And so yep. uh, this year, year they did it a little bit differently in that the top four cars, one from each class did three runs, all runs count and it was the lowest combined time. So it still yeah. ended up that the uh, like the, the ultra modern one but at least it was a little bit more interesting and the final was a final. I love that. Like ultra modern means 20 year old Evos. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> or 15 year old S2000. Uh, well, 15 year old S2000 was a little bit um, on the older uh, thing. Yeah. What uh, what year is uh, Smedegard's GLTC car? Because that was his choice this year. <laughs> he put like a hundred shot of nitrous on his GLTC car, and he got to P two, didn't he? Uh, he did get to P two, which is it's awesome. insane. Uh, big Dude, that's nuts. <laughs> um, yeah, I think this is an older S two thousand. I think it's like an 05. Yeah, that's probably right. I don't know. I don't know for sure. I know. I know Moss's is what like oh seven, oh eight. Um, I think that was the car that he previously won in the second year with that. So, yeah. Uh, yep. So Smedegard almost took it in a freaking pretty basic S2. <laughs> he drove well too. <laughs> yeah. It was almost annoying how fast he was. Um, yeah. The dude has been on a tear this year. Really impressive. But, uh, our buddy Sean Krebs back who has ran, did he ever run street or did he just start out in street mod? Uh, I think he's he, run a lot of street. Mod. He was in he, street. Like he's an old school grid life guy, like grid life one like or grid life two. He had an RSX before he had the Evo. Yep. Yep. Um, I think he ran street, but I, it might've been called, maybe he ran HPD plus when it was called that maybe. dumb name. Yeah. But, um, but he definitely ran street mod. He, he broke some records last year. Did he ever win a season championship? I think he did. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember. Have, now. Yeah. Um, but real fast, real fast car. And he's been like slowly inching that car towards a GLTC conversion. I think he did a full cage this winter. Um, Haltech Nexus, uh, like a rebuild on a bunch of stuff. And then he was going to do a detune and run it in GLTC, but he hasn't showed up this year. So I think he's yeah, been he, like um, jumping bought, the hurdles uh, of life. He so. bought a flipper house and so he had to rebuild it. I talked to him. Yep. Yeah. Jumping the hurdles of life. So he's also a carpenter. He's he like, he has like my job only he does it in Minnesota. So yeah. But, but anyway, um, really cool to see him win King of the Mountain, which is, that's uh that's a hard thing to do. It's a really hard thing to do. Yeah. seems to be very hard. But, um, what else do you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, you're, uh, you're fit. How long is that going to be in your stable? I don't know. It probably depends on um, how soon, like, so I'm, I'm on the fence about buying um, a type R, which I desperately want, but actually don't really want to spend money to buy gasoline. It's just like, it's not a thing I really want to do. What do uh, those get mile per gallon wise? Eh, like upper twenties, low thirties. Now, it's not, not as good as a fit, but it's not that bad. Yeah. Jason Tipple says that I can get way better than that. And he might be right, but in just in like mixed driving, it's hard to right. say. And tires yeah, are expensive, brakes are expensive, like everything on it is. I mean, it's it's still kind of a performance car. Um, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Fit is a fit is like the easiest car in the world to live with. Yeah. Like I don't I really, I really don't think that there's there's much that you'd want to own that would be easier to own than a fit. Right. But like but a, CT, a CTR is like. Yeah, it's different. So. Yeah. Um, the other option would be to, like, spend more money and buy something like a Model 3 Performance, which I do think would be really, really cool. Um, but it's a lot of money. And it's a lot of money. At the moment, I'm not, like, desperate to spend that much money. 
I've heard that uh, that the longest car loans of all time are now being offered on on Teslas. I believe that. Like, I think people are doing like eight year liens on these. Well, uh, people do that with diesel pickup trucks too. Do they really? Yeah. I, I imagine that. Yeah. I mean, like, if you want an eighty thousand dollar pickup uh, and you want your payment to be less than a thousand dollars, you're going to need some months on that. Yeah, you can need like a freaking nine year. Yeah. So why do you think I'm going? I'm going to Colorado to pick up my forty two hundred dollar pickup truck. I'm surprised you haven't gotten that yet. I haven't any time. All I've done is go to events and come back from events. Yeah. Yeah. As I I I bought this. I don't don't even remember when I bought it. I think it was like August or April. I mean, um, starts with an A. But uh, I bought this truck on Gov Planet, and I think it was a Air Force Academy maintenance truck because it's got basically it looks like no street miles on it. So, um, but it doesn't run. So had it trailered to a buddy of my dad's house and I got to go pick it up. I'm probably going to pick it up on Wednesday. So drop off. Uh, I'm bringing the Frasier, my sports racer out to Colorado and the dude from California that's buying it is picking it up in Colorado. Then um, I'm going to go get my new project truck and then come and do it. Event, so. What are you going to do with the project truck? So I think I'm going to build it for a year. My goal is to have it like be my truck in a year. And I'm going to put the Cummins swap in and I've got another 5.9 Cummins with a P pump this time instead of the VE, the rotary pump. It'll make more power and stuff, but uh, I'm planning on buying all the kit instead of building the whole kit and bolting it to the torque shift transmission that comes with this truck, which is a good trans. Um, a really good trans and they make like standalone trans computers and there's people that do the wiring harnesses so you can just like send the wiring harness away the engine mounts are cheap like the adapter is like a thousand bucks to like bolt it to the trans um i'm planning on basically just buying all the swap stuff to like put this engine in um ac all the works like make it make it a good like drivable truck right and then um then I want to upgrade the interior eventually. Uh, but first I want to make a drive. So upgrade the interior would be like job number two, and like make it not King ranch, but like, you know, it's right now it's a stripper model. It's base, it's base base. Um, but do the mechanicals, then do the interior. And after driving in Carson's Yukon or Denali, uh, GMC for quad cab, whatever to, to lime rock with like, cooled seats and heated seats i think i'm gonna do cooled and heated seats is that a thing <laughs> that you are... can just add on uh i mean i can figure out how to add on. i could do it you're the so. guy who just adds it on i just buy i'll buy one of those seats and like the control panel for it and i'm like put it in so um so i want to i want to upgrade the interior to like more modern stuff um and then i think i want to do full air ride on it um which mean I have the air ride for the front. I have an independent two-wheel drive air ride system that I bought years ago from my truck and never put it on. And then I think I want to do a four link in the back with a with like semi truck airbags so it can bear whatever weight I want to put on it, but also ride nice. Nice. So all the kits come with like these small six inch diameter airbags, and I want to do like a twelve inch diameter airbag. That's so dumb. Where you can get like where you can get the same lift out of it, but like it doesn't have the spring rate of these tiny airbags. Yeah. So. It's got all um, the spring rate. 
Well, no, but like they, they ride nicer. Like the bigger the bag, the more load it can. It's just like it's basically like piston uh, piston size versus you know you know what I mean. Like it's mm-hmm. yeah, small airbag equals less piston equals higher spring rate and rides harder. So, um, so I think some of that would be custom stuff in the future. And the big reason that I bought this truck is like this thing is so clean on the frame rails because it probably never saw a city road. It probably just drove around the Air Force Academy. Um, and the frame rails are like gray. They're not red. They're not rusty. They're just gray. They look like steel, which is ridiculous. In the pictures, it, it's like sort of unbelievable. <laughs> so, but it's also a quad cab two-wheel drive, which is kind of a hard thing to find. Realistically, sure. everybody buys a quad cab four-wheel drive, and I don't really want that. So, Because all I do is highway, and I want to slam it. I, would put, I got fender flares for it. I've got... New ignition locks and uh, and and door key and all that stuff because like that's the one thing it doesn't have. It doesn't have keys, and I think that's part of the reason it was so cheap. So maybe it'll start. I have no idea, but I'll sell the six liter out of it, buy the adapter kit, and then start building me a truck. So yeah, cool. Kind of stoked because like all my friends that are buying trucks are spending fifty thousand bucks, and I'm like, I think I'm gonna spend eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So but, that's um, at the moment, that's kind of a turnoff for me for buying a type R when they come out is uh, I'm not at all interested in paying a dealer markup. Um, yeah. What are they asking right now? $60,000. Well, they're not out yet. So all uh, oh, the new ones, there's new, new ones. New one. Yeah. Um, I'll patiently wait on that one. And um, I'm sure that the review on it will be excellent. Um and then we'll see if I can find a dealer that will sell me one at a reasonable price. I'll probably buy it. Would you consider like a 20 or 21 or something like that? Um, yes. If used car prices were reasonable, but like but they're not. right now, um, people are selling $36,000 type R's with 20,000 miles for $45,000. And that, that doesn't appeal to me at all. Yeah. That's dumb. Well, what are you going to do? Uh, I mean, the, what the the other option is just do nothing. Just drive a hundred foot. Yeah, could be worse. Yeah, that could be what I do. Um, see. Yeah, I I don't know what I want to do daily driver wise. I think I'll like I think I'll keep this this truck and my current truck, my current twelve valve Cummins, like work work horse. Um, and I'll probably keep my fit, so I'll probably just have more vehicles. But maybe not. Maybe one of them goes. I don't know. Probably won't be the fit. My fit's pretty good. Well car but jimmy said that he would sell me his modified type r for 60 and that's about that's about 20 more than i want to pay his is like built engine and stuff right yeah he's like oh it's a brand new motor brand new this brand new trans Uh and i'm like yeah he's he's scattered at one of our events yeah like (laughs) i understand all that stuff is new but if i just bought a used type r it wouldn't need new trans new engine Uh whatever so like you brought it back to base is it a built motor or a brand new motor uh i think it's just a brand new one mm, that's gotta be so expensive <laughs> i think it was like eight <sighs> that's a lot of money is a lot of money um, yeah it's a lot of money i don't i don't expect that i'm ever going to see one but i did science of speed did a swap for mm-hmm. uh the the k20c into a s2000 mm-hmm. um it is a ridiculously expensive swap. Like I think it's like 15 or $20,000 to do. 
That's um, a lot of money. It's a lot, a lot of money. And, but it would be cool. A 300 horsepower uh, S2 that's like OEM drivability would be pretty So we're, cool. we're still working on that thing that we started with Honda a couple of years ago. And By then working on it, do program. you mean not working on it? No, like the roll cage just got done last week. Oh, so. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you pictures of it. I don't um, know anything about anything Grid Life does if it's not at the. I restaurant. don't hear anything about this thing either. Like Chris doesn't even know what's happening with it. But um, so there's a the CRX with a K20R motor. The okay, what is the K20C? K20C. Yep. Um, the CTR motor, and then like literally like a year and a half ago, I put the motor in for the first time and like modified the daylights out of everything to get it in. And then it went up to Wisconsin, and it's been like slowly being worked on in Wisconsin at ASM and at Artsum with the roll cage, and um, so it's getting there. Like it's turning into a car. The so roll cage looks amazing. You and I've not. I don't think we've talked much about it on the show. Like, tell me about um, like the axles that you had to use, and like how you got it to fit into the knuckles, and like all that different stuff. Um. So. First job was to just get it into the place where I could make axles work because the axles on this thing were huge. It came with, so we've got, we got the engine from Honda and eventually like we're going to put out a bunch of content about like the engine and Honda's going to talk about it, but also like maybe they won't because they had like a, they had all this ambition behind this, this whole, like we're going to sell CTR crate motors. Um, and then like all the management in that program changed. <laughs> so, so maybe they won't, I have no idea, but, um, they gave engines to a few other people. One of them was the Accord that it's a really cool Accord wagon. It was just, it was pretty famous. It got shared around a bunch. Um, I forget who built it. Somebody out in California. Uh, another one was, I think the science of speed guys, the S 2000, um, I forget who the other ones were, but um, so they sent us an engine and we put this engine in the CRX and it just doesn't fit. Like it's, it doesn't work. So I had to modify the shock tower on the passenger side to fit like a little head and notch it to fit some of the sensors. Um, the cross member got heavily modified. Um, Passport sent us a mount kit for a K series or like two of them or something. They're like, some of these things are bolt on some, of them, they sent us a K series mount kit and they sent us a, a CTR OEM replacement mount kit. So we had the stuff that bolted to the engine and trans. We had the stuff that bolted into the CRX and we just had to like make them work together, which actually like sort of worked. Some of it sort of worked out. It might have modified like everything, but so I had the stuff that bolted to the engine and trans. I had the stuff that bolted into the chassis. So we just kind of had to like make everything kiss and make up. Um, the driver's side, uh, the biggest problem was the trans was huge. The trans is so much bigger than a regular K series. Like it's enormous. Right. So we, we took out a bunch of the meat of like the wheel well um, and like boxed and modified some of that area. Um, and then the cross member, we did a tubular cross member up front, a heavily modified cross member in the rear. Um, and uh, two of the, like both sides of the radius rods got the Hasport uh, notched radius rod. They make like a, a radius rod that comes out of the cross member, drops down to clear the engine and trans, and then drops back up so the geometry doesn't change. We put one of those on both sides. Um, so that worked out pretty well. And what else? What did we do? The, so the biggest thing with placement of the actual engine was like 
this this axle is so big, but it can't hit the cross member, and it can't also like it's got to it's got to meet the hub somewhere, um, and that was the hardest part about placement was just like getting it front to back, side to side in the best spot. Um, and then we measured for axles and had drive shaft shop make them. I don't know if they've ever been actually put in. They do exist. They're, they're with the car. Um, but the car left the grid life warehouse before the axles got to us. So gotcha. um, who else, uh, who else is helping with that? Fast brakes sent us a, a, pretty cool brake kit um sort of the ef version of the Catil stl gltc brake kit that they've been working on um passport obviously sent us a ton of parts drive chef shop gave us a nice deal but we still had to pay a bunch of money for those axles so <laughs> we're buddies with them but they didn't give us anything for free um honda hpd obviously gave us a bunch of cool things for it like the coolest part about this is it comes with a full standalone wiring harness and an oem ecu that basically just add power and the thing fires up like it's a it's a stripped down oem ecu but um, i don't know it's it's not like a brand it said continental on the ecu like the continental tire so it's like an oem sourced ecu which is kind of neat um they send a drive-by wire pedal. They send all kinds of parts. So that's cool. And that's the, yeah, that's the stuff that comes with the with the engine and trans kit. Um, but um, yeah, it uh, it does not fit in a CRX very well. <laughs> but we, we're gonna get it done. It will be done. So it's gonna be wild, but uh, it's also gonna be hard. So. I hope I get a chance to drive it. It. Uh, I hope it drives someday. That's. <laughs> <laughs> that's job number one is make it drive. Um, but it, it all like, it looks like a K series and a CRX, but like when you start looking at it, you're like, Oh, none of this is the same. Like this is all different. The trans is huge and everything is weird. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty cool to be like the first one to make those mounts. Um, and, uh, and the, yeah, it, it actually looked, it looked correct. So, into it. Yeah. Anyway, I've been talking for like what three hours. Yeah, it's been <laughs> my a voice. <laughs> my voice is dying if you can't tell. But um I think we did another podcast and maybe we I think so we have to make a pact right now. You wanna hear it? Yes. We have to do a podcast at Alpine. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> we have to do at least one. Yeah. Um, yeah. We probably should. Yeah, maybe two, but we're doing podcast at Alpine. So I, we just need like what you and I need is a habit of, okay, there's a certain time of the evening where uh, no, this is like the podcast time. You That's I mean? the hardest part at Alpine is we never stop. We don't stop moving cars on a racetrack until like 11. <laughs> <laughs> Alpine is so hard. <laughs> it's going to be terrible, but we're going to do it. It's going to be awesome. All right. I can't wait. Well, I will uh, talk to you soon, buddy. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at Grid Life to say hello. Hello.